Life and Pinstripes. I'm TJ Stolzenberg. James Yevon here. This is episode number 43. Johnny Lasagna! Jonathan Lewisica. Lewisica. Ain't so Wisica. No. Not a wise guy. Not all that much. But I love him. He's a great guy. Yeah. Good piece of our bullpen, Yankee fans out there. I think he still has a lot to prove, but... Don't give up on him. I know a lot of people have given up because he throws like 70 pitches in like three innings, but... I do like him. But I know Yankee fans out there aren't even thinking about the Yankees right now. No, they're thinking about the other, um... The Houston what? The Houston assholes, (laughs) as I should call them. The Houston Astros. (laughs) What the hell were you doing? I mean, as Lil Wayne once said, be good or be good at it. Got my gun semi-automatic. But what he really was saying was... If you're going to do something, do it right. And, uh, yeah, clearly they were doing something to cheat. They uh, they kind of cheated their way in the uh, 2017 season where they won the World Series. Mm, yes, these investigations. At first I was like, whatever. Like, uh, cheating is everywhere in sports right now. It's like, if you ain't cheating, you're trying. It's whatever. But more and more the investigations started to come out, and it really was... A way of cheating that took away a certain aspect of the game that is crossing a line. It just seemed like the old school fashioned way of actually playing clean or playing hard to the end was non-existent. Non-existent because what's happening is, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure you're already sick of hearing it if you do know, they were sending signals when off-speed pitches were coming. They could literally see into the catcher doing his finger signals and... Hitting it's a not a big dish. I was gonna say hitting a trash can, making noises, like relaying what's coming or what's not coming. And all you really need to go or need to know if you're a good hitter is is it fastball or off speed? Even if you don't know which off speed pitch is coming, you can gear up more weight back and kind of see it deeper and know and not get fooled by it. So that's a huge advantage and that's a big no no. Mm. Uh, taking away like the surprising element of the pitcher and the catcher. They're getting, they get a fair shake. They get a chance to defeat you with ch- different chess moves, different sequences of uncomfortable pitches up and in, low and away. And if you're taking away the guess element and giving the hitter an idea of what's coming, that's just crossing a line that you, you cannot come back from. I mean, to, get, to have them still have their title, their World Series title, I don't know. I think some time passes and their punishment's going to come worse well at first when obviously they had the punishments uh was a aj hinge jeff lunau their gm got suspended and then fired by the houston astros i'm like i'm like all right i guess that's okay but once they're getting deeper and deeper and deeper into the investigation you're saying to yourself this is not good enough you got to make the first time the worst time that's yeah and they definitely did not set the bar very high i mean they fined the team five million dollars it's like what? It's to, like me giving a penny. Exactly. To put that in the common person's terms, their team in 2018 profited $368 million. That's $1 million a day for the whole year, just over. And so you basically punish them for five days. And by comparison, that's that's not doing a chunk of damage like they did to the the ethics of the sport. They, you, you just you gave them a slap on the wrist, literally. Exactly. Think of it this way. They give the Astros a slap on the wrist, but Pete Rose is still not in the Hall of Fame. It thing. brings into question that exact topic. Things like Pete Rose, who, when he was managing and the, the betting and his whole thing, not yeah. even allowed in... He betted against the, his own team. In the, hall, the Hall of Fame. And even if you bet against your team or even for your team, as we know, the recent NFL story, that's just a big no-no. But it just, if you accept this and don't punish this all the way, 
You, Other teams are going to do it. All the things that have happened in the past, like Pete Rose, are going to come back and be like, wait, wait, what the heck? How come I am eliminated from the sport and my titles or whatever or honors were taken away and the Astros get to keep their title for now? And as did the Red Sox in 2018. Yeah, how ironic. Uh I don't know if you're familiar with this story. Alex Cora was the bench coach of the 2017 world champion Houston Astros. Asterix! He became the manager of the Red Sox in 2018. They went on to win 108 games and a World Series title. Mm, I didn't even realize that detail of Cora being man uh, bench coach for the Astros. I forgot yes. about that. So he took his whatever, his... his pussy ways of cheating and bring it to the Red yeah. Sox. And, and also Carlos Beltran was there during all that time. Uh, he was a player. Playing his last year as a player in the World Series victory in 2017. Um, did spend many years with the Yankees. After 17 he became like a hitting uh, liaison for the Yankees for 2018-2019. Yeah. And as you know recently just hired as the Mets new manager. He is now out of the picture. Didn't even manage one game. Not even a preseason game. <laughs> Not even a preseason game and <laughs> The Mets, good, good grief. You got to look at our crosstown foes, or, but they're kind of like our crosstown brothers in the Mets, and you got to feel for that organization, man. Isn't it kind of funny, like, the they're investig- they investigated the Astros and the Red Sox, and I think Alex Cora tried to do a cop-out. He was like, oh, man, the Yankees were doing this. I'm like, uh, where's your evidence about that? Wow, see, that's the thing. I'm apprehensive to get into anything about, like, see, the Yankees didn't do that. Like, I'm terrified to get I'm into that. I'm actually very terrified now because, because of that. Because, it, like, it feels like nothing is safe. You know, it feels like you can't, um, <laughs> you can't be the guy who's, like, piling it on, like, yeah, you still, and looking down. See? Because all of a sudden, the roles will reverse, and you look like that much more of a fool. You just look like a dumbass. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm, I'm a- apprehensive. So, what we know. For the Astros, they lose their manager. Hinch, out. I did see that they interviewed Buck Showalter recently. Yeah. It's almost like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, A.J. Hinch was great and got them to this and that, but Buck Showalter, who might have been slightly forgotten when he was managing the Baltimore Orioles, in the early Baltimore years for him, he brought them far with not many pieces, like no pitching whatsoever. And also, yes, he stuck it out with some pretty brutal teams with nobody on their roster when the rebuild was happening. Yeah, Buck Showalter has been is one of the greatest minds in baseball, I think. And from like whenever he covered some Yankee games towards the end of the Yes Network uh, season, him, Michael oh, Kay, it was great to listen was to him, awesome wasn't it? Awesome to watch him. Buck Showalter definitely breaking down the game and a great baseball mind. I learned so much just from those like games that didn't matter towards the end of the season, but it was awesome and. That would be a step up for the Astros, I think. If they get Buck Showalter? Yeah, so I also feel like this is another, like, yeah, they're getting punished, but they're also kind of going to get rewarded. Yes, you're losing your, your, your skipper, but at the end of the day, you're getting another great skipper. Yeah, you also think of, uh, you talk about skippers, and then you move on to GMs who pretty much placed this entire Houston Astros roster, pretty yeah. much getting everybody, getting Garrett Cole, getting Zach Greinke, getting Ozuna, getting... The, the pieces to build a championship type lineup, and yep. then of course it just gets <laughs> after with the scandal and all. Yeah, that. and it's tough, you know. Asterisks in baseball were introduced to us when the steroids started happening, and we look at records because no other sport like baseball are records a big deal like con- constantly. And other th- sports milestones like quarterback milestones and such, but like the home run aspect, home runs in the season with Barry Bonds. And the steroid thing, and like 
Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Rafael Palmeiro. Oh, all great. those years, like, you look back at it, it's such a seesaw of emotions when it comes to, like, you know, I'm not okay with how it happened, but, like, in the moment, it was re- reviving, like, a sport. And uh, I don't know, man. You look at it, the numbers for home runs haven't been that close to, like, that year Barry Bonds had. Yeah, no one has even been close to 60. 60 home runs hasn't been hit, I think, since, like, two. 2001 or something so like you that. you look at that and you can't help but think oh boy although john carlos Stanton was close though in 2017 and didn't uh bellinger have, at, at the beginning of the year last year bellinger was on a crazy pace i thought bellinger was gonna hit 60 home runs but then of course he hit that little downward spiral he that did. most hitters usually have in the second half of the season at some point eventually the I mean, dog days of august yeah and you know he has a big heavy hard swing so it's a very long, beautiful swing, by the way. But uh, when he makes contact, the ball goes very far. But like my point is, you, the numbers were so skewed from the steroids, so you can't help but think, yikes. Now I really, like, who's, my, who's the true career leader in home runs? I don't even know. If you're the type to say, hey, Barry Bonds still had to hit the ball, you know? He still, even though he was all jacked up, he still had to make contact and swing and be a good hitter. So you look at this, and it's different because... It was a team. It was coming from above. It was managers. It was coaches in on it. And, well, they said at first it was the players kind of going around and certain peop- certain coaches were just kind of like hush-hush about it. Yeah, that's involved. how they first originally started off as. Right. But then you can't. They say that, but you cannot have anything happening in your organization as a manager or coach and not know about it. So, of course, they're probably playing dumb towards the end, and they didn't do whatever they did where they should have oh, done man. to stop it. But, hey... You know, now I look at those Red Sox that I was very intimidated by last year. Oh, in 2018? Their lineup, and then the Astros in 17, their lineup, so much more intimidating. You felt it, and it was something to behold. Yeah. But to make it think in my mind now that it wasn't real, and it wasn't based off of actual good hitting, it was just because they knew a curveball was coming. It's because they, yeah, it's exactly. It just, it, it kind of stinks. It's, it's not like, you know, I'm disappointed in them, disappointed in the sport, but it's like, it's, it's a hard hit for baseball, by the it's way. It's a big, Especially, bad look. It breaks my heart, honestly, because exactly. I love my baseball. I am so excited for the 2020 season, but now it feels like there's a huge, like... Dark cloud. Exactly. There's yeah. a huge dark cloud on the sport because of this crap happening. For sure. And there's a lot of questions. Like, Astros fans, you know? You go to a game, like, you used to cheer your head off. Now, I'm sure the loyal fans will still have no problem cheering their head off for whoever puts that jersey on and goes out there, but... Do you have a sense of like, ooh, we shouldn't have done that? Type I, I would have. You know, and the Red Sox fans, I feel like they're super loyal. They're so loyal. And they're probably going to be like, hey, who cares? Go Sox. But at the same time, true baseball like fans are going to be kind of disgusted and disappointed in their own team out there, you know? I don't know. Massachusetts has taken a hard hit on cheating, by the way. You got the Patriots, Patriots. and now the Red Sox. Who's yeah. next? The Celtics. But hey, you know, the best are usually scrutinized the most and. The New England sports has been the top of the tier of the sports world location-wise on the map for a while. Yeah. They they got their titles. Yeah, there's so many there's so many questions. I do want to talk a little bit more about what's going on with these guys. I know we have a lot to talk about today. Well, then what's your question? All right. How did Jim Crane, the owner, not know of what was going on? Right. And but, why did he not do anything about but, that? But that's my point. I think the owner, even if at first he didn't know. How do you not know what's going on inside your organization? Also, you have people purposely reporting to you. That is their job to tell you everything. And there's certain things you don't want to hear. And maybe that's one of them. Maybe that's one of those things where the owner says, like, 
my my hands are clean of this, is you know, type thing. So what you're saying is that he probably knew about something, but he's trying to save his ass by pretending. I'm trying to say, that it, he did. you know, at first he might not he might not be in the one saying, "Hey, let's do this." He might not have been the one saying, "Hey, like, you know, let's keep doing this." He might have found out, been like, "Oh crap," but like kept his hands clean of it, and as it brought him results and wins. And it worked for a while without appearing just, to be caught. Probably just probably just no touchy, let it happen, boom. Like, how do you not know? So I think they were doing deny, deny, deny. Um, but you know, and there's no proof for uh, for them, so they'll be they'll be all right. But very dark cloud over. I know, and still continues on, especially with the electronic buzzers on the jerseys. I don't yeah. know if you heard about that today with Altuve. Apparently, it's clearly like a very thin. Um, it's a very thin. It's media like media created yeah, argument. It's, a, it's like weighing a wire, like in the mafia. If they find out, they're gonna they're gonna whack you. Yeah, but for those of you who don't know, what we're talking about the, people thought Altuve hits the home run over uh, Chapman to eliminate the Yankees. And as he's rounding third, all media members were close enough to hear him yelling, "Don't rip off my jersey! Don't rip off yeah, my jersey!" Yeah, it's like I'm it's like I'm wearing a piece or something like that. Like he and literally people, just like holds it like this, like he, when he you know, goes into the obviously pile. it's it's a stretch. I, I'm not playing devil's advocate. I'm just thinking. I'm not, no, I don't think he had a wire on. Baseball's not a sport, especially in the biggest moment where if you don't do something, your team is gonna possibly lose. You don't have a wire under your chest and cords and whatever. I don't think there was something with a wire. I may may not believe the reason of you know his wife or wife was uncomfortable with it or whatever, but that's a little far of a stretch. But obviously, they had knowledge. It's it they, just seems kind of questionable with all the crap that's going on in Houston over the last couple of days. But it's like, it's like regardless of who did it specifically or what, it happened. I know. And we have you know so at the end of the day, whether Altuve or whatever, but. You know, he still had to hit the ball, but at the same time... It just seemed like he was perfect on the timing, though, that slider, I mean, though. he is a great hitter, though. That's I know he is a great hitter, but still, though, it's like... Whoop. And we all know the Astros, uh, a lot of the Astros hitter stats were much better at home than they were on the, on the road. But the thing that goes against all this is in the World Series, every away team winning. Remember? I know, yeah. So they didn't even win a single home game, and they only won on the road. So at the same time... How much did it really? Oh, who knows? Who knows? But if they cheated in the World Series last year, they didn't do a very good job of that. Yeah. Either way, it was. <laughs> it's going to put a cloud over yeah, over the sport, so. and we'll see what happens. But moving on to another sport that had a lot of interesting things happen that none of us, maybe some of us, but none of us really expected. NFL football playoffs. Of course, yes. The unknown, one game, do or die. Crazy, and that's the thing. It's do or die. I forget who brought it up. Uh, a coach did say, I think it was, don't know, don't remember, don't care. He said, football's sudden death. When you're into the playoffs in football, you don't have the game to get ready to see what your opponent's like, like in baseball, hockey, basketball, to take that first punch in game one, maybe lose it, and then punch back game two. It is, you got one game. You, you gotta got to figure out shot. the narrative all in one One game, one, one game. shot that will defy you as a player. And we see the Ravens go in against the Titans. Titans coming in hot after beating the New England Patriots, riding a strong wave. Got to give the Titans preparation credit for yes. not losing their flame after beating the Patriots. They continued on and, they on, said, and on They said that wasn't enough. They continued on, like James said. And and honestly, Titans, you remind me of the Giants when the, they were 9-7. and seven. Ah, yes, in 2012. Yep. Again, and when they went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots and they won. This is that the, the David Tyree year or was that the... No, that was... Um, 
No, that was the other one, not David Tyree. I think okay. that was the second one. Okay. There was a, what was the crazy play? I remember um, what, Mario Manningham. Mario Manningham. Down the sideline. Yep. Yeah, Mario catch. Manningham, Hakeem Nix, those guys. Wow. I, it just seems like a lifetime ago when I was naming players like that, and now we have Sterling Shepard. And that. I was going to say, don't fall into the dark black hole I know. that is talking Giants football now. Don't get me started. Anyway. But the Titans do remind me of that 9-7 and team. They got momentum. They are coming in hot. And they are at the peak of their game. And the craziest thing of it all is, it is old school style football led by the rushing attack. A lot of rushing. That's basically how the Titans have been winning their games. By the man called the Henry of the Derrick. The The Derrick Derrick of Henry. Of Henry. Oh man. Who has now a bunch of NFL records. uh, One of them being, he is the first in his first uh, three playoff games to have 180 consecutive yards actually he's the first nfl running back ever at any time to have three consecutive playoff games rushing over 180 yards and then there's another stat where he's like he got the most yards in his first four playoff games of his career dude he's just a beast and the crazy highlights that i've been watching is not only is he power because i see him as a power runner like in between the tackles but once he gets out he can slip and break away speed for a big guy so he is Doing something special. I know he's crazy. And what he did with uh, what was that guy? What's that guy? Was that defender? He like pushed him out of the way. Uh, oh my god! It was, it was a former uh, C- former Seahawks yep, player. Yep. It, it was a Matthews, I think. No, nope, no, nope. not Matthews. Uh, who's doing? Say in the conversation. What's the you what's know the who I'm name? talking about? I think if you're listening, Wait, former Ram. No, former Seahawk. I think former Seahawk. Yep. Uh, Former Seahawk. He gave uh, Pete Carroll the middle middle finger. Earl Thomas. Thank you. Earl, thank, there it is. Boom. Earl Thomas. Yeah, Earl Thomas got spun around. He yeah, shoved he, him like, in the back. He pushed him out of the way. I'm like, whoa. Made him look like beast. a beast. And for those who hate on Lamar and say, like, choke in the playoffs, here's the thing. I never seen so many dropped passes. Like, he put the biscuit in the basket, and his wide receivers were dropping the basket. Like, all the time. All the time. And James and I got to catch it a little bit. He was yes. at my bar, and we were watching. And literally, I think Lamar Jackson could not have done much more. Now, they were down, and they were down early. So they never really got to do their Mark Ingram, established a run, use that to make Lamar Jackson's threats more uh, variant. And honestly, they had to pass way more than they probably intended. But, dude, they just became exactly the fear. And the media basically predicted not predicted but they did a self-fulfilling of crapping out of I never not thought, showing up i didn't think that was going to happen Me the patriots or patriots ravens coming in with the possibly the best season in franchise history yep. at 14 and definitely two. most we, dominant we definitely both said that they're probably going to beat the Titans. dude they put up like 42 points like nine weeks in a row whatever they averaged 42 points they crushed teams and even if they allowed the amount of points they did to the titans they could have at least outscored them they didn't even show up on offense now the titans you got to give them credit they they're very well coached they're very disciplined and they're taking what the defense gives you ryan Tannehill is not losing the game no but he's also not the whole reason they're winning but their strategy is working and ride that hot wave i'm very interested what's your prediction now with the titans coming in against the chiefs uh my heart wants to say titans but my mind it's gonna go with KC. You're going KC now. Yeah. After I think I might have to. Mm, 
Okay, so just for devil's advocate here, I'm going to say Titans. Now, first I'm going to argue against myself by saying that the Chiefs, they had the same thing happen to them, what happened to the Ravens. They played the uh, Texans, as you know. They got down 24 to nothing in like the early second quarter. Yeah. Still had plenty of time, but they did the thing where, okay, we just saw this happen to the Ravens. They choked and never became themselves again the whole rest of the game. I know. They played ugly. The Chiefs yeah. at least re-identified their offense. Their defense still gave up a lot of points, but their offense scored like 34 straight. 34 straight and points, and then momentum. they took a 10-point lead, and then they ended up winning by 20. First team ever. 51-31, yeah. I think first team ever in the postseason to be down by 20 and then end up winning by 20. Wow, that's crazy. I know. It's like... You know what it is? It's like, you know when you play that game of Madden, you kind of like sit back and like you're playing, you're like, oh crap, I'm actually down. And then you kind of go like that, and you're like, okay, now I'm definitely into this That's game. That's exactly what you're talking about. You're yeah. in relaxed mode, and then it's like, oh wait, we're, I really Too gotta, relaxed. Too relaxed. Here we go. Here we go. Definitely do that when I'm playing MLB. I, uh, sometimes oh, I lean back and relax, just a little too far away from the screen, and I have to pick up a curveball just a second too late. So then I have to get right at the perfect distance and really actually focus just enough, like, ready for that off-speed. Here we go. I was down by 13 runs at one point. It was like 13 nothing in the fifth inning. I'm like, what the f- <laughs> What the heck is going on? See, that never happens to me because I'm like, I'm like in it like it's live. If I got down 13, I would have been like already like throwing the remote. No, I'm like, okay, no no more. I actually came up, and I think I ended up winning like 19 of 13. Like, so there like you ridiculous. go. Just like the, just like the uh, Titan, or sorry, just like the Chiefs yes. being down a lot early, winning by a lot. Now, let's flip it to the NFC. We've got yeah. the Pack Attack, the Green Bay Packers. Yes, who uh, narrowly won. Shout out to my stepdad, uh, Patrick, who also is... Uh, He's a, a worried Packers fan because I quote him by saying, uh, they wiped the floor with us the last time the Packers played the 49ers. Uh, I think he said they either wiped the floor with us or they kicked their ass or they... Uh, well, they did, either way, they destroyed they, they, they absolutely destroyed the Pack attack. So I think it'll be a different game this time, but those 49ers are like... They were like very equivalent, maybe a step behind the Ravens the whole year, and they lost in the head-to-head game. But they're being consistent. They don't have that choke really element like happening. I don't see it happening. So I'm gonna go 49ers winning, and you think it's gonna be? I think it's gonna be. I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna come back, and I think he's gonna send this team to Super Bowl 54. I, I would love to see that. I would love to see Rodgers against uh, our, our man. The media wants Mahomes, Mahomes. versus Rodgers. And guess what? Rodgers has to look over at Tom Brady and Drew Brees and kind of what happened. Like. He's like in the class a few behind, obviously. He's a little younger. But he has to be very conscious of how many years and opportunities he has left for the big dance. Especially with the number of times he's been injured. And how many times he's been at least on a team that's good enough offensively. But he finally actually has a good enough defense that could do something. The the Packers, that is. So... I think it's going to be closer than the first time these two teams met, but I still think the 49ers are just too much. So. Yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't count out, uh, was it Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham? They're just... Oh, and by the way, we're going to revert back to the Jimmy Graham just popped in my mind. Jimmy Look. Graham, it was great to see you doing stuff because you were my fantasy tight end, but I ended up getting rid of you because you did crap, but it's good to see you doing stuff. Yeah. But he was definitely... Short of the first down. I know. I do have to agree with that. I think any NFL fan, except for the entire state of Wisconsin, yeah, all knew that it was. For and even the announcer, the I heard down. it on the radio when I got in the car. The guy said, "I I don't know what you guys. Th- he was short." 
like, very, yeah. and if it's one of those moments where it's not overturnable, there's not enough video. Well, the first camera angle gave you the video evidence. It was right there. It was right there. So what I'm confused about as an NFL fan and understanding there's going to be really, really tight calls, things happening so fast. What's the point of having replay but being able to challenge certain new things when it seemed like the NFL and their ego wouldn't overturn things that were very very easy the evidence was constituted constitutionable it was it was right there it was it was enough so i don't understand what went on this year with the calls especially with those pass interference calls oh god Plenty those pass of interference them. calls especially the pass interference calls starting from last year with the um, nfc Championship game between the Rams and the mm. Saints. That's what caused they this... created the rule because of that Saints play. Yeah, I know. Well, the thing is, is that everybody knew that that was a bullshit. But that's what's call happening right there. But that's so... what's happening in the everybody knew moment. They're not overturning the call. There's the everybody knows this is this, and the call the is ego. still not being made. It's definitely the ego or something like that with the refs. It's like they really just want to get it. It's got to be the NFL, too, because it's like it's not even the refs. Like the refs are just getting the call from New York. But New York, like, I don't get it. How do you, how do you miss that? It's, it's, it's also like, are they afraid of the floodgates opening? Like the flags that will be thrown for pass interference, no calls or calls? Like, are they worried about overturning one now? There's going to be so many more challenges. Like, they only have a certain amount. Like, you know, it's, I don't know. There's, I can't even think of a reason why they reviewed that play and killed the Seahawks' chances, who had their comeback right in perfect I think they were place. down by 18 at one point. And it was, a, it was a drop pass also that killed momentum too. Yeah. But the Seahawks, they had their shot, and it was taken away from them. Like, I would have loved to see Russell Wilson with less than two minutes left drive down the field. And they didn't even get the chance. No. Even with Marshawn Lynch and Tyler Lockett, it's just like, ugh. Yeah. And it was, it, it, there was something to him. And Russell Wilson, you got to give that man credit for what he's got. He, he's, a, he's a beast. And uh, I just, I would have loved to see that. And I felt like the opportunity was taken away from him. That's what bugged me the most. I think he's in it. Well, I think Russell Wilson is also an MVP candidate as well. I think his, turno- his uh, touchdown to interception ratio was like, Oh, it's beautiful. Like off the charts. And I think like the what what happened in the playoffs, like kind of, it kind of just like people do take play. They say they don't take playoffs into consideration. So we're gonna say the same thing them. about Lamar Jackson. But as that's well. what I'm saying. You look at that, and Lamar kind of pretty much ish did his job. Like he had big stats, but he did. But his team didn't really help. Nobody his cause caught, whatsoever. Nobody caught the football. Everyone had a the case of the butterfingers. It looked like if they went to a movie theater and stuck their entire hand in the tub of butter. It seriously looked exactly like that. And I will say, Russell Wilson didn't get any help. He had that huge drop. I don't know who it was, but it killed the momentum. They had to give the ball back to the Packers. The more clock is ticked, and then the Packers get the first down with Jimmy Graham, which clearly wasn't. So don't understand what's going on. I hate when calls are really determining things. And it's okay if a call at least still gives the other team a chance. But when it ends the other team's chances and it's clearly wrong, what's going on, NFL? Why aren't you changing the, your your calls? You had the video evidence. I don't know. Makes does, no sense. Does it grind your gears? It grinds my gears. <laughs> like, deeply, man. It's like sports has turned into too much drama. Yeah, I know. Like, the actual like sports part 
is like ridiculous. It's like I don't see it anymore. It's like oh, the refs suck. This guy it's media could... like the not back and forth of this sucks, that sucks. There's anger in it, and it's like sports used to solve that anger on the field, and now it's like you can't trust the institutions that are the spinal cord of the sport, the NFL and the MLB. I mean, these problems that are coming out now with media just steering the wheel of the narrative. The media, the cheating, the refs, it's everything. The fans, you can't make everybody happy. I just want to watch the game. I just want you... Here's what I would say to you fans who literally just just keep on just blabbing on Twitter and all that. Just shut the fuck up and watch the game. Wow. What? That was emotional. That was very emotional. That's why I have to I say. I wanted people to feel that, so I paused for yes. extra oomph. Of course. You should please be quiet, in other terms. If you're one of those people that just blabs because you don't know, watch the game. That's why I don't tweet in the middle of games, unless if I see something that's kind of concerning. I can't, because I see it as like, if everybody has a favorite team, and they're just tweeting about their team, then tweeting should be used to rally with other similar members of your of your fan club, but it's I hate when it's the to go against some other when it's person's like the favorite disagree, team. The disagreement and all that. It's other like stuff, especially it's like, when bias comes into it, and it's not even logical arguments. It's just oh, I, I like got, this team. I hate oh, that. Oh, I got some good. Oh, I got some good ones. Oh. So I so I join a few uh, Yankee fan pages on Facebook. Right on. My favorite thing is when, say that we got Garrett Cole, and it's like, oh yeah, we need another starter. I'm like, what are you talking about? Have you seen this freaking, have you seen the Yankee game? The starting five is going to be... Especially after getting uh, Garrett Cole, too. Yeah, that too. I'm like, what more do you want? Or my favorite is when we should trade for Lindor or Arenado. I'm like... But there's things where everyone's going to have an opinion, and it's definitely one thing, but there are the obvious ones who don't know the sport. And you know what? There's nothing you're going to be able to do, because the people that do know the sport... They just know it. They don't have to act like or prove like they do know it. Oh, yeah. And people are throwing out Hail Marys with certain names like, oh, we should get this, we should get that. But when it comes to somebody saying something like, the Yankees still need pitching, like... We really don't. Even if you do or don't, like, there's nothing you can do for that person. If they even type something like that, like, then they're so far gone or paying attention to what's actually happening. I know. You're not going to be able to... There's no point in It's just like things like that. It's just like it angers me kind yeah. of in a way like as a true and passionate Yankee fan I will say this we do need a left-handed bet I will agree with that part that's an obvious thing we what had Brett Gardner last year and all righties Gardner so, and Didi and Hicks when he wasn't yeah back problems. that's what that's why I wouldn't be opposed if we did get Francisco Lindor but I know that's never ever gonna that happen. would be delightful especially with our shortstop vacancy but I think Labor Torres is gonna get slid I in think there. Labor's gonna be just fine DJ LeMayhew will be in second well that went fast, that half hour. I know. How about that? We still have them. <laughs> we were, we were going to cover maybe a little NBA, yeah. but we can cover it real quick. Basically, yeah. all we wanted to talk about, because the NBA is bleh, yeah, my John Morant oh, John barking Morant. at James Harden. That was pretty cool. Forget Zion Williams. John Morant is probably going to be Rookie of the Year. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a lot to go, but he drained a three. James Harden backed off of him like eight feet. John Morant's like, all right, boom, drained it. And he says... Tell that mother bleep about me. <laughs> Tell that mother bleep about me. And what Tony Kornheiser said on Pardon the Interruption, I am going to reiterate. Love the spirit. People say it was very Jordan-esque. But careful what you wish for there because uh, Harden can come back at you and he's done it. Provedly so. He will definitely, thousands of times. He'll definitely drop 50 points. As you know, he's 
is very fan of the the light feather tab that we call yes. foul. He so. might play no defense, but he can put the ball in the hoop, the biscuit yes. in the basket. So careful, because that might just motivate him against you next time. Yeah, just be careful what you wish for. Yes. So that brings another beautiful end to uh, this is season two, episode yeah. two, two overall, Ep- episode number forty-three. Johnny Lasagna. So uh, want to th- do a little shout out yeah. to Clovercrest Media. As always, thank, thank you. you. We are under thank your you once umbrella. again. We also have our own page on Clovercrest Media Group, by the way. We do. Thank you. Tell them about it. So basically, visit group. We have our official Life and Pinstripes page. You can visit dot there. Com? Yes, dot com, I should say. My bad about that. You can find us. You can find our previous episodes. You can find our Instagram, Facebook, and our Twitter on that. And also all of our YouTube videos. So check out the other podcasts on there. Yeah, and we're also kind of live streaming for those out there. We tried it out. We had a couple people watching the whole time. Yeah. Thank you for those who stuck with us. Yes, through the 34 minutes of this. Even though we talked baseball for the first 15, you stuck it out. Well, it, was, wor- you. Well, it was worth it. I, oh, yeah, no. I, I had a lot to talk But just about. know that we're more than baseball fans. We are life fans. Yes. We have more to us than just a bunch of NY symbols on our chest. Yes. This is us showing our loyalty or whatever has been going on this week. The Three Stooges event, as I saw on uh, MLB memes today. Cora, Beltran, and Hinch acting as the Three Stooges, right? Yeah, it was great. I thought it was funny. I had to point that one out. That was kind of funny. Yes. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You you know where to find us. Definitely shout out. Send us some stuff on social media. We want to hear from you, and then we just might read it on the air. As always. We appreciate it. We want to thank you, and never forget to rock and or roll. Good stuff. Hell yeah, bud. Hell yeah. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We definitely have more than that for a little bit. Oh, yeah. There was like six people watching at one point. Yeah. And they're still watching right now. Meow, 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 meow. That's what I think.